Welcome to We Have Spoken, Season 3, Episode 4. This is the podcast discussing our favorite Star Wars show, The Mandalorian. In this episode, we'll be discussing Chapter 20, The Foundling, written by John Favreau and Dave Filoni and directed by Carl Weathers. Uh, it aired on March 22nd, 2023, uh, exclusively on Disney+, and we're recording this on March 23rd. My name is Dennis, and think of me as your partially digested foundling on this journey. Uh, with me, as always, is my prequel apologist. Let's get Ricky out here. Hello. I am not partially digested. <laughs> It was tough, man. It was a short episode, and I was trying to think of something funny. Uh, and that you was know that kid smells me. after that. That kid stinks. That kid stinks. But we're getting into minor spoilers. Uh, let's uh, let's let's table those for right now, and let's just really quickly get our other guest out so that you know we just have we just have time to play. We just we we're we're on we're on a ticking clock here. Um, all right, next up. Uh, I think this guest was on our second season, um, and so it's really cool to have him back this time by himself because he shared the spotlight with uh, Travis last season. Um, so welcome back after all this time, Clark. Hello there. Hello. <laughs> I like that. Looking I like the more Obi-Wan. More like Obi-Wan than ever. Really are. You it's really good are. to be back. You got some serious Obi-Wan going on with you right now. We've had we've had a lot of Star Wars since we've had you, Clark. Let's yeah. See. Yes. Yeah. So that I think a lot. Uh, that's a that's a good segue into the question I was just about to ask him. Um, so previous, anytime we have guests that come on that, that have been on the show before, uh, you know, the first time around we kind of asked just so that people listening and watching could get like an idea of your Star Wars fandom. Uh, we asked you what your relationship to Star Wars was, but this time. With so much that has come out since the last time The Mandalorian was on TV, kind of curious, what's your relationship with Star Wars now versus then? Um, I would say it's a little more cautious in that, Ooh. you know... Uh, You've been hurt. Not, not that I'm hurt. It, it, I'm... I'm apprehensive a little bit just because they haven't shown, they haven't released their clear look forward. I mean, if we're spoiled with Marvel, which gives us these very clear phase four, phase fives, this is what we're doing. Uh, Star Wars kind of had that and then got so, so hurt with Solo and which I think overly so. I think they, I think they, they overreacted with that, but it made him re-question everything. And so now, you know, where's Rogue Squadron? Where's where's the next Star Wars movie? Uh, and that's that's something that we are. So the TV has been great. And so, you know, we've been really lucky to have, uh, you know, really wonderful TV series. And so just you know, curious, Book when you Boba say Fett, the TV's been, yeah. when you say the TV's been great, have you watched it all? Yeah. You watched The Bad Batch well, season two? What? That is the yeah. one. That is the one that I have not yeah. watched. I haven't watched Bad Batch season. Two. Have you watched Tales <laughs> of the true. Jedi? You caught me. You caught me. Uh, not the whole thing. No. Well, you caught me again. So <laughs> yeah, so that's that's why I asked the question because I think the mm-hmm. real the real answer now is it's a lot easier to be selective of your Star Wars, right? Like you, you, yeah, like there's no real. You don't feel compelled to digest it all, right? In the same, at least in the yeah. same speed that you used to back when, when different we, when different flavors it. now you still feel yeah, compelled you know, to digest every single bit of marvel content that comes out right like you're you haven't said no actually, yet yeah. no I've, I've watched everything yeah yeah that i have See, watched everything so star wars used to be that way right like it mm-hmm. used to be but yeah uh, so you were gonna say book of boba fett how did that one treat you well it you know it got much more interesting when it became the Mandalorian 2.5. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, and that's, you know, that's something that's interesting about, you know, these shows that they've decided to go. They're like, hey, if it's a Filoni show, you know, if it's a Favreau Filoni show, we, we're going to put whatever we want in our Star Wars universe in our shows. And that's just, you know, what it is. So it doesn't really matter. 
you know, if it's uh, Boba Fett or Mandalorian, you know, they're they're together and we're going to throw something in. Andor was, was, you know, completely separate because that was a different timeline, you know, time, time, place and, and such. But, uh, but, but wasn't yeah. Andor better for that, for not having to try and be connected to other stuff? Like, wasn't that what made it special? I don't think it's better. I don't I know if that's what made it You've spent better. three weeks now saying it was better. Every time I say the, our favorite Star Wars show, this guy's I think got that's what made it's, Yeah, it's the best, but I think... And and remember, it's, I'm, it's I, 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 I disagree own... with you guys on that. I know you guys loved Andor more than I did. Uh, I did like it and, and such, yeah. but, uh, uh, you know, it... I, I don't think that the... Re, you know, I think the things... There were a lot of things that it did differently that did make it special, but I don't know if it was the, you know, the the being separated aspect, uh, you know, but they definitely showed as parts of star Wars that we've never seen before. And I feel that made it special. Uh, gotcha. Especially, True. you know, so, so what was your favorite star? What was thing. your favorite star Wars content that since, since uh, Mandalorian season two? Definitely leave the one other thing. Well, what? That's a lot, dude. We went over a list on Ricky. I, know, I feel like Clark didn't watch the bad batch and the other stuff. He was, Iffy on Boba Fett and Andor, and that leaves open. No, I mean the I I did I did like there's also the anime, Uh, and uh, I I really like the anime one. Yeah, I I actually watched yeah the 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 other stories that and um I I liked yeah that aspect. I I just haven't got the tales yet, which I should have. Um, but. It's it's on on retrospect, and I'm sorry, Dennis. I know you're not going to like this, but on retrospect, my favorite bit of Star Wars content is the return of Luke Skywalker in his prime. Oh, that's, I meant yep. since then. Since that's the end. Of, that's well, that was the last. Well, that is yeah. Fett. Sure. Yeah. And that's still the sure. best. You know, that's that's been the most fulfilling thing. That, I know, I don't that, mind. That I, I don't mind that scene. Of or like that section of Boba Fett, that's fine. Like your, once, your once it happened, like my my issue yeah. is not with Luke being part of this universe. My issue is with him being the Deus Ex Machina that saves this group of incredibly badass women and Mando in a in a season that they earned the right to win for themselves, and then it was just completely taken out from under them, you know, by somebody who hadn't been part of the show for two seasons that's my problem like and i'll yeah. bitch about that and, every and i episode. feel and that is yeah. that is a i could say that's absolutely valid and i totally see your point but for me seeing luke finally like that overshadows that for me i get past that but i totally yeah i yeah. totally agree with your point though. i think that's the point I, makes I get past that. that made it not a good story but i think it made it a better star wars story because of sure. having luke in there you know, and I can concede that, right? Like I, I have gotten comfortable with being the guy that is proven wrong by the direction of Star Wars often, right? Like I have ideas of where I think a good story should go or where, or where Mando and Grogu's story should go. Um, that just is about like their growth and their little lone wolf and cub kind of thing going on. I think it's really cool. I think you're sending that's not for disappointment though. When that's not what the that's not what not be the bad guy or when yeah. the armor does not become the bad guy. I mean, sure. I'm uh, going to set myself up for disappointment on that one. If let's, if uh, but I'm say, still saying watching, I, I like, I, I, I've always liked his theory about that. I still think, I still think season 18, it's going to finally happen. It's, it's going, it's only going to happen when this show has been run into the ground because they, they need to keep dragging it out. Uh, Side note, though, since we are talking about that for a second before we get on to this episode, uh, you brought up something last week. And, Ricky, I did include uh, pictures of it in the uh, video version of the episode. But at the time of recording, I had no idea who you, what you were talking about other than um, you said that there was a theory, a fan theory, that one of Darth Maul's followers uh, was going to end up being the armorer. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked it up. Sure enough, this is a character named Rook Cask. Uh, it's a full-on character that's been in the comics now. 
Uh, I forgot that she had her helmet taken off uh, in several scenes of the Clone Wars. Uh, I'm now 100% convinced that is probably the armor. Uh, and that's cool. That's cool the actress because... lines up too. They're they're the actual actress in the animation. There's a, a path. Oh, Emily that. Swallow could look yeah. like her. Yeah, she could easily look like her. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's cool because I never really even put two and two together that the armor has like several Zabrak looking horns on her helmet. Um, so it could be somebody who formed a cult based on her devoted loyalty to the former ruler of Mandalore, which is, you know, Darth Maul. Um, still doesn't take anything away from my theory. In fact, only supports it. Uh, that you should not be following the person that is devoted to Darth Maul. Just throwing that out there. Um, mm -hmm. But anyways, let's actually talk about this episode so that, you know, we can we can we can just do this. We can get this over with. Um, yes. I don't mean to say it like that. I'm excited to talk about this episode. Uh, so the first thing we're going to do, as always, is. Uh, oh, you know what? I did forget one thing. And let's just get this one out of the way before. I got I skipped ahead on the introductions. As always, we have our famous producer Lindsay bringing balance to the fourth force behind the scenes. My bad for not mentioning that. Uh she's always uh you know giving us Yeah, it's, it's in her writer. You have to say it. As, I got to say it. I got to say it. So, I'm apologies that I waited till 12 minutes in. Got it in there. Um okay, now that that's out of the way, thank you. Uh before we get into spoilers, even though we already kind of touched on a few here and there. Um, let's give this episode uh, the elevator pitch. You know, I've been having fun giving these. Uh, Ricky's been enjoying these um, <laughs> because I try really hard to be as concise as I can and a little sassy. Here's the elevator pitch. This is the one where Bo-Katan definitely got thirsty for that Kool-Aid while <laughs> Dave Filoni continued trolling devoted fans of the expanded universe. Am I wrong? Um, yeah, the Kool-Aid looking pretty sweet right now right like so i think i think you know one of the funnest things before we like actually give the full warning and everything i think one of the most fun things about this episode was it was so much of everything that brian and i hoped we would see from last week when we talked about this um it was it was a day in the life of Cultus. the cult or whatever we we don't know what else mm -hmm. to call it right it's just a cult it's a cult you know but all right officially though let's let's get into the spoilers so anybody who has stuck around this long you're awesome we love you trust us go watch the episode then come back and then listen to all our our musings and wisdoms and stuff because apparently we're so prophetic because we got it all we got it all down <laughs> all right now, with that out of the way, I'm going to give you guys the quick recap uh, with the spoilers, and then we can get into talking about this episode. So here we go, play-by-play uh, -play of how this episode went down. Uh, first up, it's a nice day of combat training at the Covert when Din decides it's time for Grogu to learn more of the way. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess that's what it is, right? Uh, the newest initiate, Ragnar, uh, first seen at the start of the season, loses to Grogu in a game of darts. And then to add insult to injury, he gets whisked away by a flying raptor. Like that's like, like he's just having a bad day. Is this kid, this poor kid. Um, Bo-Katan tracks the creature to its lair and reports back to the rest who are quick to appoint her as the lead of the hunting party. Meanwhile, Grogu hangs out with the armor while she forges his first piece of armor. And he has a flashback of Jedi Keller and Beck rescuing him in the first moments after Order 66 was issued on Coruscant. Uh, and then back to Bo and the team. After a day or two of learning more of these these Mandalorian customs, or cult, whatever you want to call them, uh, Bo and the team save Ragnar and return home with three motherless baby raptors. And that's pretty much the episode because it's only 30 minutes long, and that was so weird, right? Correction, this is his Baby Yoda's second piece of armor? I say Grogu. Oh, Gro it's Grogu. It's not Baby Yoda. Uh, Baby Yoda. Yeah, I, I, I question whether or not I should put first She on said there. second in the episode. She said your next piece your of armor. Your next. Yeah, but what was his first? I don't remember. The, the mythical shirt. shirt. Oh, yeah, the, the shirt. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. That's in the Boba Fett episode, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, the, the thing you should have watched yeah. already. Yes. I have seen that. I did. I did remember. <laughs> uh, I felt weird about writing first, um, but I was like, I think there is more. But yes, yeah. correct. And it there shows you're putting it on top of the yeah. chain. Mail, so yeah, yeah, you yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yes. It's a rondelle, which mm-hmm. is, I don't know what that means. I guess you got to buy new Baby Yoda toys now. You got to get the new it's version. It's not like you can take the clothes off Baby Yoda anyways, yet. Yet. Grogu. God, stop. Don't call him Baby Yoda. We call him Grogu. We call Dan Mando. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I... This episode made me kind of think about the, the, the cult as almost like the Mandalorian Amish. It, Thank it, you. Like, they are. A hundred percent. Yeah. We have we had that conversation a couple episodes ago because like oh. uh it's it's we're still trying to we're still trying to convince Ricky that this is a full on cult and I'm surprised that he agreed this time around. You know, I mean, Bo Katan is the only one with the ship <laughs> because they know, they keep right? losing their kids because their jetpacks yeah, they, run they out of fuel. Shitty cave. And yes. there yeah. was my next point. I'm like, wow, that is not I a think safe you would place move to after live the big got... the big gator, right? right. Yes. <laughs> so I or, think, I think or put some lookouts. I think Why we're officially in light. Yes. I think we're officially in light side, dark side right now, right? Yeah. All right. No, that's I've fine. That's fine. That. I'm, I yeah. like the enthusiasm. Yeah. It's great. We're talking about the best moments. We're talking about the worst moments. Mm-hmm. I fully agree. I think that cave was a terrible pick on their armor or whoever else's part it was. Uh, that cave is riddled with threats. Like just that planet. That planet seems to just be yeah. like designed to eat mandalorians that's like, the whole point of that planet I'm, i don't know i don't want to just rag on this episode i do like parts of it but the minute mando shows back up with the water from last episode if i'm the super cold i'm packing up and like cool we're going home right like wouldn't is that is that not the well i right? mean we've talked they about a, they don't have a ship we've talked yeah, about this before yeah, they don't have a ship, correct? But I mean, they must have a ship, though. How did they get there? Mm-hmm. They crashed. They have a ship. They, they have a ship by a raptor. No, they clearly have ships. They're just not parked conveniently, I guess. Uh, but we we we'll get. I bet you we'll get that question answered later. Yeah. But the real the real answer to your question, I think, is because the armor is controlling information, right? Right now, it is understood by her followers that uh that the that mandalore is a poisoned planet right that you can't go back to it um yes din does have the waters he proved that he bathed there but like as long as she keeps them there she can spin it right she can figure out a way to spin this story before it's time to go back like i mean Mm -hmm. she's got a pretty tight leash on these people like, because yeah. you don't see them ever question her, you know. So sh- there's a reason they haven't gone back, and she will she will decide when it is time. Like that's just that's just my obvious answer to it. She's controlling it. Darth yeah. Maul's dead right now, right? Darth Maul is super dead. Okay. Yes. He's a, like Obi Wan killed him in the. I just, in I just Re- can't Rebels. think of a reason why. Like what in Rebels. I don't. I don't know why withholding information at this point is is valuable. Well, then that we'll put that in uh, well, one point for Dennis as the armor <laughs> being the bad guy. Sure, 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 sure. I mean, just keep a score, man. It's keeping a score. She's shady. She's shady. But it, like, it was cool to see see Bo take on her situation with almost a sense of curiosity. Like I don't, I didn't. There wasn't a sense of like these people are crazy. He was like, okay, this is different. Like they're different. But I can, yeah, I see her understanding. It was very much, uh, the, I'm, okay, I'm going to try it this way. Because yeah. clearly I was all by myself and it failed. And my way has repeatedly not worked. And they, they bombed my planet. And here is now the most Mandalorians I've seen. Let me try it. And she did it, she did it their way. And they respected, yeah. they respected her for it. Yeah, and they let her leave. They let her sit by the fire, right? Like, mm-hmm. so, and I, I and feel I, like she, yeah. 
No, I feel like she t- it's a, it was a positive interaction for her throughout that whole episode. I loved how well the 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 acting was when she leaned over and goes, "How do we eat with our helmets on?" I loved that 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 question because it's just like it's such a practical question. Like like duh, Ricky. Remember last week when we were making our predictions? And I said, I just want a moment where Bo-Katan asked somebody, how do we eat? <laughs> I was so happy when I got that moment because that is the most practical question, right? Like, And I think, I don't think most of us were even, you know, batting an eye that somebody who doesn't know, isn't used to the customs, needs to ask this question, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if the way involved never taking your pants off and you'd be like, well, how do we go to the bathroom? You know, like you just, it just makes sense. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta ask this question if you don't know. And so I fully, I had the biggest smile on my face in that, in that moment because it was just natural, right? It's just, she right now is us. She's us in this, in these scenes, right? Like, yeah, we understand she comes with a little bit baggage, right? She's, She's definitely lonely. She definitely misses having Mandalorians around and stuff. But for the for all intents and purposes, she's experiencing their culture as we experience it, you know, or mm-hmm. or we're experiencing it through our eyes. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what we wanted to see last week when you were like, so where do you think we go next? And and Brian's like, I want to see a day in the life of the cult, you know, and that's that's what we got. And it's and and you know at first when the kid gets captured, I was like, whoa, well this is a special day. And then freaking pause is like, man, they he always gets away. And you're like, wait, what? Is this a chill with like that whole situation? (laughs) This is a normal day in the life, you guys. I was like, you guys are way too nonchalant for just losing a kid. How How many of your kids have been eaten by this thing? It was too crazy. It was too crazy. Side note, um, I, I did notice. I think it's probably one of the cooler things, too. The helmets the kids were wearing are just straight up Mando kids cosplay helmets that are repainted. <laughs> and I think that's super cool because it kind of legitimizes, like, it's just it prop making. Vibe, it, right? it, yeah, it's, but it's, it celebrates, like, that whole side of the fandom yeah. in any way. Like, you turn the toy into the thing and then it, you know, it comes full circle. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, that's almost like a midichlorian. Almost. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a, a part of this episode that we've glossed over, though. Pretty much whenever you say side note, that's probably a midichlorian. <laughs> you know, it fit in here. Yeah. Uh, what is that thing that we've glossed over? Um, we we saw how Grogu got out of the temple. During well, I mean, 66. we didn't gloss over it. I brought I brought it up in the know, in the we, recap. We talked about the 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 Bo-Katan of this episode okay fair enough so i think if we're going to talk about the grogu i think the first thing we should talk about is the one does not speak unless one knows oh my god when mando makes grogu battle this kid ragnar that we met you know uh and this kid is like he's not ready to fight and he gets told that line i was like where has that line been? Because I love it so much. Because you know why? You know why I love it? Because it justifies the, the quietness that we always loved about Boba Fett back in the day. One does not speak unless one knows. Uh, basically implies that the Mandalorian people should just hold quiet until they've fully assessed the situation and understand it all. And I thought that was a really cool piece of lore to get in that in that little, you know, that one line. Um, and then sure enough, that kid gets embarrassed, right? And uh, Grogu, obviously he cheats, uses the force, kicks his butt. Uh, and then and then not only I should have added that. Is that cheating? No, I don't think it's cheating. Yeah. It's not. But, but you know, like. His abilities. The, yeah. yeah, he's using his abilities. I'm not I'm not going to hate on Grogu for, for doing what Grogu does. I love when Grogu does his Grogu thing. But, uh, gun. I know, but what was really funny <laughs> is even when before the kid gets captured, you know, by a raptor, <laughs> it wasn't enough to be beaten by this little Grogu. Then his dad just reemphasizes, 
one does not speak unless one knows. Ah, oh, what a sick burn that was. That was so mean. You have your own dad just like tell you, you're dumb, kid. You're dumb. Um, that was so awesome. Now, fast forward, the next bit of Grogu story we got. Yes, I'm ready. We can talk about it. Go for it, Ricky. What's his name? Keller and Bess? Keller Keller. Keller and Beck. B-E-Q. Keller and Beck. Uh, Clark, do you know what Keller and Beck is? I had to look it up. So I, uh, I, I mean, I recognized, of course, I recognized the actor when I saw it, but I didn't know, I didn't say that's Keller and Beck. Uh, however, subsequent TikTok videos and such that have discussed the topic have educated me upon Keller and Beck. I was as so ecstatic when I saw him in there. Because, again, it's it's moments like these that are, which I think really makes this show great. It's, it celebrates all of Star Wars. And there's so when so you many... say moments like these... Just let's, Cabin, let's, let's come out to and it. Yeah, is. Keller and Beck is a character from the show Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge, a, which is a Star Wars Kids.com game show mm-hmm. where uh, real life kids compete in these Jedi trials hosted by Keller and Beck and his droids. So, um, these, so the, the hosts are basically in character, correct? So, so this show it's a game show. That pretends to take place in the Star Wars universe. I'm gonna guess pre-order sixty-six is, is yes, the timeline. Yes. The timeline. That's when that kid Jedi's would fit in. <laughs> that right. That's when Padawans were around. In um, abundance, right. What's What's funny though, it, it's if it, for me, it's all full circle, and he also has the same lightsaber that from Galaxy's Edge. If you notice on his hilt that I have, um, Keller and Beck are. Uh, or the show, this kid's show is actually produced or co-produced by Scott Bromley, who was a, a journalist at GameSpy.com for a long, long time. And then he went to IGN and then he uh, did like a solo podcast. And since I've been listening to podcasts these past, you know, 17 years of my life, I've been listening to him in my ear on a weekly basis. And it's been funny because before, you know, all of this, he had gotten the job at Lucas uh, to do, I believe, their web show, just their, their typical web show. And it was it was funny to, to chrono, or, you know, like to hear the transition from that into getting his own show with the Jedi Kids show because it's something we always wanted to do from being a fan of like Double Dare back in the day. And then come to have this, it's like it it became the most full circle moment for me. And I was probably the most excited about that cameo. But again, in, in talking about these moments, I mean, it, it's, it celebrates all aspects of Star Wars, this show. So so when you say full full circle moment for you, did you actually used to watch this show? I watched, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I did watch parts of the show because of my connection oh, be, to, to, because the, to the creator. Okay, gotcha. Because um, I will say, this was news to me when you mentioned it. Like, yes, I saw that it was Ahmed Best, and I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool that it's Ahmed Best because this poor man used to be suicidal. That's he the second be... layer of, of greatness yeah. of, that, of his cameo. Yeah. He used to be suicidal because of his time served as the infamous Jar Jar Binks. That is what Ahmed Best is best or worst known for, and it's sad because the life he led, you know, Due to the internet, as a result, I mean of, that was almost of, a career-ending role for it. It basically was a career-ending role, well, right? Like, and and just to uh, just to add the engine making words that George built him up while they were filming. George kept telling him, "You're going to be huge. You're going to be the next yeah. R2D2. You're going to, you know." And that's what he was thinking going yeah. into it, and then to have it crash so yeah. hard. I'm sure the intent was there. It all oh, no, the intent yeah. was no. He did. There. I mean, he did. Was supposed to. He's supposed to be funny for kids. Yeah, the, and that's, the that's what he was. Is, yeah. The difference is the internet didn't exist when the first Star Wars movies came out. <laughs> yes, you know. But but here's the thing, though. Like, I think it's one thing. It's one thing to throw him a bone and say, "Hey," because uh, just to be clear, Jedi Temple Challenge 
is not something like from way back in the day. Jedi Temple Challenge actually aired on Star Wars Kids two years ago or three years ago, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 2020. This came out after The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so what I thought was really interesting about it is, you know, in their effort to shore up the Star Wars universe and keep it tight, uh, you know, they got Disney and 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 the people, the powers that be at, at Star Wars, they got rid of the expanded universe. They said that it is no longer canon, right? So the only things that are canon are, uh, you know, Clone Wars, Rebels, uh, the movies, and comics. whatever else. No, and not even the old comics. Not well, even I thought you'd be going forward now. No, but the new comics, yeah, the, no, new, the comics. new Marvel comics, yeah. which have only been yeah. coming out for like a couple of years now. Uh, yeah. Only those are canon, and anything else that comes out from now on. But then they make the anime, which is clearly not canon. Yeah. And then they make this show, Jedi Temple Challenge, and you're like, "Is that canon? I don't know." <laughs> well, guess what, guys? It's officially canon now. Because Keller and Beck saved Grogu. And I think that's so cool because, yes, like I was saying, you can throw him a bone and, and uh, you know, and say, hey, we feel bad about that whole, the way the whole Jar Jar thing worked out. You want to be a host on a TV game show for kids? And, of course, he's going to say, yeah, because what else? What other offers does he yeah. have coming his way? But even that, it's kind of dumb. I'm not going to lie. After you, look, after you informed me about this, I went and I watched the full episode of it. And it's very reminiscent of, I don't remember the name of the show from, from it's like the Nickelodeon shows. Uh, there was a Nickelodeon like temple, temple, temple yeah. run or whatever Hidden show. Temple Valley or Hidden. Yeah. yeah something like that. And, yeah. and it's very much that show, but it's more geared towards being a giant commercial for selling lightsabers because yeah. the whole point of the show is kids putting together. They're doing all these challenges to gather the pieces of the lightsaber and then they put it together and then at the end, they end up with a force effects, you know, nice lightsaber. I think lightsaber. they're Galaxy Edge lightsabers. I'm yeah, they sure look they exactly are. like the ones from, from Galaxy's Edge. Uh, and so it's cool that, you know, these kids get to do this and they get interviewed and talk about their experience and stuff. But, like, the whole time, it's weird because these kids are just them. But, like, Keller and Beck, or I mean, Ahmed Best is playing a character and trying to act as best as he can in the show and, like... You know? uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like he's given the the greatest, but it's it's no, it's, it's not, not, it's, not a, it's a you know he's just there to host and say right. Star Wars things and, and and so what I think is really awesome about this this episode this one moment is that they finally said, okay, for reals though, we're gonna make you cool, and dude, they, they made him cool, and it, they, was no cool. jokes, no winks, no none whips. of it. He's None serious. of it. No smiles. No smiles, man. There was not a Four order sixty six is not a time to smile, man. Yeah. It's not. And, and I, that's what I loved. It, it, they played it so well. Like it, it made it made me really well up with joy for for this this man who has just given his life to Star Wars, and and has almost taken his life because of Star Wars. You know what I mean? And so, like to finally put him in official canon and say no you're cool you're cool bro and 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 i hope that this is the last order 66 interpretation <laughs> be. because uh, show me those dying we kids say, i we say that every time we say that every time show you know, to me it's <laughs> up there with uncle ben getting killed now and batman's parents it's been seen that was uh tamor doing the voices too in the and, yeah, uh, but, but like this, this was a different because this was Grogu. I mean, to me, uh, I mean, to me though, I mean, by far the 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 most emotional Order sixty six moment is is in uh, the finale Rebels. of Clone Wars, right? The, the finale mm-hmm. of Clone Wars. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yes. You know, when seeing it that way, I mean, that's that that was just so no, beyond. Yeah. But for <laughs> yes, but, I think I think Order sixty six is kind of like this like Dave Filoni's playground, right? Like that's, that's where he gets to write star Wars, how he wants to like, cause I'll, I'll be honest. Like when they first showed it and they only had like two or three clone troopers come in or like versus the Jedi. I'm like, wait a minute. That's, that's not enough clone troopers to take out four Jedi. And uh, then so many more came out. Yeah. And then more. Yes. But like the Jedi were already getting, I'm like, Oh, it's a little too much. 
but, but, in, then, but in the beginning, the Jedi yes. didn't even know what was happening. Yeah, yeah. it's like a surprise. Like, the whole like, thing it was, is a, it was big. So, it was so surprising. But, these are these clone troopers were their friends, you know, like so. Mm-hmm. But I know that wasn't conveyed in this episode because they had a limited yeah. time they were yeah. working with. Yeah. All, all I then, have to say but is, but then when they showed him take out the whole groups, I'm like, okay, that's that's more what I was looking for. He was cool, he, man. He drops group. Well, it was, it was also cool to see the Republic uh, Republic gunships. Cool ass yep. spaceships. Mm-hmm. Always, mm-hmm. always fun to see. But he drops off Grogu with, or on a, is it Na- Nabooian? A Naboo yacht? Yeah. Well, he, know, he doesn't drop him off. He, take, he takes he it. Take, he he takes, takes it. Yeah. yeah. If he goes he back Naboo to Naboo yacht. and meets fucking Jar Jar, I'm going to lose my shit. Because <laughs> Jar Jar, Jar Jar's there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Retired senator. If Ahmed Best becomes like the the the, the linchpin for screening. for you know the <laughs> yeah having him act against Charger would be some of the meta is coolest thing ever, and I I really hope we get what happens next. <laughs> Welcome to Naboo. Um, you know what? I wouldn't even hate it. I yeah. will say this though: like, if you never watch Clone Wars. There is like way deep in like one of the later seasons, like I want to say like season five or six, something like that. There is like a three part episode that focuses on Jar Jar and they really try to make him cool. Um, it's actually really good. And it, it also weirdly ends up supporting that theory that people had. What if he actually is uh Sifo-Dyas, you know, like, or, or the... When they were the, on that, the master, that, that yeah. green water planet. Yeah, because yeah, it the, just, it just he's such down. a slapstick character that he can mm-hmm. accidentally get himself out of any jam by just, you know, oops, I tripped and fell, and ooh, Misa, go bye-bye, you know, like, whatever. He, But in any case, Filoni really did try with George to give Ahmed mm-hmm. a, another shot at being... Yeah. At making this character cool and i'm not going to say the episode made him cool but he's cooler than he was in the now, movies for now sure. we haven't seen the interviews with ahmed best yet you know there's going to be interviews you know now yeah. coming well, up i'm sure he's still got to be quiet because just to be right. fair we don't get the full the full flashback mm-hmm. we're going to get oh. it piece by piece right yeah there's going to yeah. be more yeah. and stuff but uh, yeah. you know, watching watching TikTok and I'm sure YouTube and stuff, there there is flooded with with videos of people putting that scene to music and yeah. uh, you know just some some talking about how it's you know how it's so you know again how it's so great. Other ones saying, oh, it's an apology to to Ahmed Best. I mean, it's well, I it's it clearly be got things. the. I think it could be all the things as well. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think it could I, be I all think... the things, but I think, I think the biggest one that it really is, sorry to, to, to interrupt you. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest one it is, is what I went back. I, I was saying last week was that at the end of the day, this star Wars is for everyone, right? Like that's the whole point of the Mando is mm-hmm. to be for families. And man, I can't help but be so overjoyed for every kid that was like eight or nine watching that show two, two, three years ago that suddenly, as soon as they said, get him to Kellerin, those kids must've flipped out. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and so that's so cool that they put something in there an Easter egg for the kids who have been watching, you know, star Wars for only a couple years now. That's awesome. And I think, I think, I'm not I'm not jealous of them because I I watched one episode of it yesterday and it's terrible. Like it's not it's not. It, something it makes I me want to learn the name of the Jedi Master that is at Disneyland that trains the kids in the Jedi. <laughs> Are they going to bring him into yeah, now? Sure, right. You know, I hope so. You, you have no idea where they're going to pull from, and, and and I totally agree with you that that is one of the beauties of this of this <laughs> Star Wars corner. You know that felonious. I'm happy, I'm, happy you, him, I'm happy to draw from anywhere. Yeah. We got, you know, Star Wars, long yeah. time, not a lot of brown people. Past couple years of Star Wars, got a lot more brown people. And, you know, it's always it's always good to good to have uh and, and every know. time and every time somebody new shows up, I will then once again say when you say 
Luke is the only person that could have rescued Grogu. Luke is the only person that could have rescued Grogu. I'm just saying, there seems to be a lot more out there than we want to admit. We're going to get... Okay, uh, well, I'm not agreeing with Ricky on that statement. I agree (laughs) with you, Dennis. There could have been more. However, I was super happy that it was Luke. I know. I understand. I'm just saying... There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot. And, but yes. and, you know, like Keller and Beck, and, uh, and Black Series figure coming, coming your way soon. That's absolutely keep, you know, coming. Keep, yeah. Yeah. Let's let's keep seeing more of it. I mean, this this is what's exciting. You know, um, they missed they missed that by like a day. By the way, they re- they revealed new uh, Mandalorian toys like two days ago. Uh, that are toys from like you know, mm-hmm. it's Mandalorian and Boba Fett toys. So they they had Cad Bane. And I'm like, gotcha, mm-hmm, guys. You need a you need a Keller and Beck right now. That's what everybody yeah. wants. <laughs> and I want to go yeah. back to the very first question you asked me in the episode about how I'm feeling about Star Trek. Is Star, Star Wars? Wars? Wow, oh, why did I do that? Yeah. I know. <laughs> I messed that one up. It is is that the the one reason I feel uncertain is because I still know that there's a split. You know, I wish Kathleen Kennedy was 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 in on this more i wish i felt that more i wish this didn't feel so much like the feloni favreau corner which they're doing other stuff but i i, I wish they were you know because again how great is this when they they pulled stuff in that was from outside of their their stuff how much you know i'd be more excited if i knew they were doing this on an even you know grander scale so and, and what, that's, explain, that's why I'm, explain for our audiences what you refer to as the split so again, and this is rumored. So I, I cannot say that this is definitive, as in they they have announced. But but there's a lot of talk about how there's the Dave Filoni, John Favreau universe side of Star Wars, and the Kathleen Kennedy side that is that was responsible for the movies for episodes seven, eight, and nine, mm-hmm. and for the movies going forward uh, and such, and that they are not working together and and i don't believe all the rumors i mean there's there's rumors about how that favreau was going to leave unless because of meddling from kennedy and i'm like you know i think that's a little too far but i i I, you can see a creative split how they're not working together so there's probably some truth in the middle i I I definitely think i think there's there's definitely uh there was a power balance that got shifted uh, and I think yeah. Disney is very on on edge about pissing off John Favreau because he has been involved in some of the most successful things. And I know yes. that it was a tough point for him when they wanted they urged they put pressure on him to fire Gina Carano, right? Because he handpicked her for this show. And he went a long time before being like giving the green light, right? Like, nobody was firing her for a while. Even though, like the internet was just like, "Are you crazy? What is he, she saying? She's she's just doing ridiculous stuff." But he had her back for a long time, and I think ultimately it got to a point where, like, you know, he just he couldn't he he had to let go, right? He had to detach. Mm-hmm. But I think they've been very very cautious to not push his buttons since then, because you know, you you push the creator too much. They're gonna yeah. bounce, right? I, I mean, I don't and, think and he's he's delivering. Yeah, it's 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 the problem we always talk. We talk about at least once a season, right? Like, what is Star Wars for forty five plus years? It's been the Skywalker story, and up until yeah. recently, we've gotten stories outside that universe, and I think that's where this split is. You know, Mando, for all its greatness, is still looped into that skywalker saga right in in those hooks bit. there's I, hooks to it i mean grogu especially is now it intertwined with luke unfortunately but i think it's it, there's a lot more frontier especially like with the andors or whatnot so like let's it's a galaxy so far far away let's let's explore the galaxy let's get away you know the further away i think we get from the yeah. the skywalker story the better off we'll be uh and and you know. in, in fairness, that's why I got so excited last season when Bo Katan showed up on the show. And that's why I'm again super excited right now because like we said last week, right? We're like, okay, he bathed in the waters. 
what's the goal now? Like the Mando finished his quest already in season th- uh, three, episode three. Where does this go from here? And where it goes now is is now we start wondering, well, is he the Mandalorian or maybe is she the Mandalorian? You know what? I, or, or are, many are you people... are you satisfied, though, when we're halfway through this season now that and we're kind of yeah. still where, where I, is all I, this going? Take I am exactly satisfied. I'm very exactly. satisfied because because I love that the focus is shifting to Bo-Katan. Like I want her to be more of the focus of this show because she's the better Mandalorian. She's so badass, right? Dude, how embarrassing was it? Okay, aside from the fact that these guys apparently lose children all the time, how embarrassing was it like that she was the only one that could do everything that needed to get done through this entire episode right she had the ship that could chase the thing she she mapped its lair she came back she said exactly what we need to do and they're like well i guess you're a leader you know like she was so on point the entire episode she really made this entire group of people look like they're not trained professionals they're not right they they kind of they kind of are embarrassments to mandalorians and especially when Mando in the first episode, the first season, or like when he, when he first met her, was so arrogant about like you're not the true Mandalorian to her, right? Because but he's he, was so, he drank the Kool Aid for her, cult, right? Because yeah, he had, mm-hmm. he knows she's the she's badass. He knows she's badass, and so yeah. he'll follow her wherever she goes, right? And so that might be your holy war, Ricky, is that uh, Bo Bo Katan might usurp the armorer that might be i I will say though where the this episode then ended and where she starts revealing to the armorer about uh she's the sore and the armor is kind of like oh yeah it's nice yeah you know we all see you're lucky you're very lucky it's like man this bitch is crazy (laughs) like well well, or or i don't know that she's saying that actually i think she's saying the other thing that brian mentioned uh last week was that in the old expanded universe stories, the Mandalorians are like are known for having visions, right? And so, I I think I don't think the armorer was dismissing her at all. I think no. the armorer was saying, "Oh, we are very lucky because you know you had yeah, a great vision." The, the, she had of the the vision. Sword. Yeah, that's um, what I got too. Yeah, and so I think that was cool that it, it tied back in again to to something that you know Brian was mentioning, but. I don't think she thinks Bo is crazy. I think she just thinks Bo is exceptionally uh, exceptional. Honestly, I think mm-hmm. she's she's just impressed. Yeah, but by from, from Bo's perspective, her mind's got to be like spinning at that point. Yeah, when the well, I mean, when the cultist like doesn't, I don't say acknowledge or entertain your what you're saying. You know, because she was pretty direct. She's like, "No, I saw the thing." She's like, you know, this is the way, and that's yeah. gotta. That's it's like going to your. Pastor, I don't think she's you know? dismissing like, her though. Like, I think I don't. I, I don't think she's dismissing her either. But that's not the response you want when you're I, confessing yeah, sure. that to the one person who should be, you know, well, more if they're playing of your, a, of your vision. Well, look at it this way: if they're playing a game of poker, uh, Bo showed her hand. And the armor is playing it safer, right? She's yeah. she's she is taking in the information. Armor is always taking in information, and she's barely ever giving out information, right? Like that's the the nature of it's the, the armor from the beginning, right? Speak, mm-hmm. don't speak until whatever. Yes, exactly. It's it's uh, one does not speak unless one knows, and that's I think that's what she's doing right now. I think she's just the She's the wisest of the ones there. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to see what Bo what Bo does with this. Um, because yep. yeah, like at, at a very minimum, they now have baby dragons that they're gonna raise and ride. Like like that's that's next season for sure. If this is Game of Thrones, you introduce the baby dragons now. Next season, they're riding Artisserie dragons. Three chickens. No. I know, right? I couldn't believe like like that was such a family aspect of that episode was oh so we're gonna gloss over the part that they killed the mother um and hey we have three new foundlings not 
Not we have dinner for a week. It's we have three new founders. I mean, they didn't kill her. They just tied her up in the, the crocodile eater. Well, and come on. The the moment she hit the water, I'm like, oh, she's getting eaten by that big. Right. We thing. called yeah. that. We called like that everybody was... watching that just knew exactly what was going to happen. Um, yes, she's going to get dressed. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. If you guys don't have anything else, like of the big highs and lows and stuff. I kind of want to just get right into the the midichlorians of it because I think mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of little things in this show uh, that you know like that small stuff that has no impact on anything whatsoever, but for some reason some people still like it. I think we've kind of already mentioned a few of them. Like Ricky was like side note this, side note that, you know, like. But I just wanted to get into a few of them that. Mm-hmm were interesting to me and and also to you guys. Normally, I would say, hey, do you guys have any more? But I want to start with one. I mean, obviously, Jedi Temple Challenge was like number one, right? Like, uh, But even then, that actually has a larger impact on the universe than people might want to think, you know? But my next one on the list, Paz Vizsla had sex? Like... Yeah, it was mom. With... with with the helmet on? Did he do it with the helmet on? I'm like that's the helmet safe on. That's... Like when you find out that's his kid, like did you not think okay, I haven't really stopped to think about Mandalorians actually having sex because the only Mandalorian child I'd seen previously was Django and Boba and we understood where Boba came from, you know, so uh gross. If it's gross. a whole new uh aspect to the song you can leave your hat on. Right. <laughs> nice one. Clark. I mean, you, you're nice. assuming he could just like adopt a kid. He could have adopted a kid, but I don't understand why they can't have sex with their helmets on. I mean, that's we saw it. In, that's the way they do it. We saw in season two or season one, they kind of kidnap a lot of kids. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm taking him kind of at his word. I mean, technically, that's, that's Mando kidnapped Grogu. Let's, let's that's, be clear on that. Like, <laughs> well, Grogu was already kidnapped. He he rescued Grogu. <laughs> Double kidnapped. <laughs> yes. Double negative exactly. kidnaps. Hey, and then out. he tried to take yeah. him back to his people. I'm Whoever saying, his people was. yes. Given the pause Visla we've uh-huh. seen over the last few years, it was weird to me that he suddenly has this kid. Uh, but okay, it's fine. I think it's the, the kidnapping thing is like that maybe. is the answer. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll see. There's no way they would have that many people, that many kids. There's a few kids in there. Fair enough. What other what other pointless uh, musings do you have on this on this episode, guys? Uh, immediately, the rock. <laughs> yes, that was on mine too. I'm like, oh, the rock. It was in last week, so therefore it must be this week's. Um, the rock the of Coruscant. That was pretty funny. When, when the raptor spit out the kid, and again he wasn't covered in slime or other stuff, or and was he in there all night? Uh, that uh, first of all, Mandalorian armor once again indigestible, as shown by Boba Fett and Sarlacc. Uh, yeah. Now, as a reminder, Boba Fett's pretty scarred up and has to do back to tank for yeah for days okay so not indestructible it's just the parts i mean sorry the the armor itself the metal is indestructible but there's a lot of nooks and crannies yeah i was this, I was, this is actually honestly, a, this was a nitpick that i had i was like that enough. kid a should not have survived a night in the stomach first of all it shouldn't have survived that one if 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 the mother grabbed her why did she hold then wait a whole night to feed it to the kids. I know. I don't right. know why that happened. I was kind of. I'm not going to question Star Wars giant bird logic. Like, I mean, I'm not going to question. Giant bird I'm not going to act like an animal. I'm not going to question Star Wars giant bird logic. I'm going to question human Mandalorian logic for saying, yeah, we should camp tonight before we go up there and rescue Ragnar. I was kind of weirded out by the fact that, uh, that Bo-Katan came back to the covert after she tracked she hunted down this thing you know what i mean i was like wait a second so you're not just going to rescue the kid now okay so it's going to be the whole episode and then they come back and then they have to like mount a whole hunting party they got to armor up they got to it was a thing 
That mama bird waited a long time to feed it to her kids. Yes, right. Or take that a was... bite herself. And normally when birds do that, they've already chewed up and digested it instead of I the know, whole he was unchewed thing. too, right? Like that was weird. Nitpick, I know nitpick, but the other thing, my other nitpick is I still do not understand how traffic works on Coruscant. Uh, it's, it's, you know, you know like they have a... those lanes, but, yeah. but it's always when, when the plot needs, you just fly wherever you want. Lindsay, like I guess they were, you can, there's roads, but you can go wherever you want. That was Lindsay's logic. That's how she got herself back on track. Oh, why is that like, such a big leap? You're she's like, a, you know what? She's like, you know what? I mean, there's nothing really stopping people from hitting buildings on roads anyway. So yeah. I guess, yeah. I guess the dangers in LA on a daily basis. That's... Yeah. The dangers there, regardless of whether or not you're in the air. So, uh, but I do like that you had the same thought that my yeah, wife you did. You just have a Y axis. Yeah. Yes. It just makes it ex- extra more dangerous. Yeah. But hey, the whole planet's like that, so they seem to have got it worked out. Who knows? Yeah, I guess most of the drivers are probably droids anyway. So yeah, you know, yeah, they're on autopilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I have a, I have another nerdy one to point out, uh, and uh, this is just because of the toy collector in me. I gotta say, growing up in a time where my Star Wars toys always had inaccuracies to the movies and stuff like. Or, or, you know, things just didn't end up matching. Or sometimes Lucasfilm would produce, or I mean, sorry, uh, Kenner would produce a toy based on the limited designs they have. And then next thing you know, it doesn't look anything like it. Or like, or like the, the, the blue, the blue band guy on, uh, on, um, Return of the Jedi, the, the, the Sneedly or whatever. Was it Max Rebo? Was was it him? Yeah. The elephant guy. Was it him? And how you, uh, they thought he was like, they was didn't he... know the lower half of him, right? Yeah, yeah. And they, and it wasn't until more recently that Hasbro went and fixed the toy based on more understanding of the designs. Uh, I, the only reason I'm saying all of this is because the toy accuracy for Paz Vizsla was on point when he was climbing that, that mountain. And he had his giant stupid cannon with the hose that actually plugs into the side of his backpack. All of that was so on point. And I'm like, yes, this that is a golden age. <laughs> like this dude's that... really climbing this mountain with a giant. Exactly. <laughs> Your yeah. commitment to toy accuracy <laughs> outweighed practicality in that moment, right? Like, but you can't you can't fault them, right? That's that's how the pause visa always looks. When he's, you know, in full yeah. in full getup, so stupid to be climbing a mountain with that gear. I couldn't even believe that guy was climbing that mountain. It's just so ridiculous. He's huge. He's huge, and he's carrying like all this extra weight. Whatever. I still appreciate the toy accuracy, though. So, kudos to them. Um, yeah, I I think you guys. I think yeah, you mentioned the toys, the kids, the kids' helmets were toys. Uh, Clark, you also mentioned something about Katie Sackhoff's acting. I know you brought that up earlier. Well, just like I know she only took her helmet off once, but I left her voice act. You know, I, I, she's just brings so much to Bo-Katan and it's, it's, I just wanted to show, give her extra shout out because then that moment when she said, when he said, we take, we, we, we go our own places. And then when she sat down and took her helmet off and just kind of looked at her situation and started eating. Again, I'm just like, oh my gosh, what a treasure that we have her in this amazing yeah. role you in this. Because well, she's, I want more of her so bad. Yeah. And, you know, and you know but you know, here's what yeah. the credit to her is. And this is why I'm always, I'm always campaigning for more. I'm campaigning for Bo-Katan to be the Mandalorian. It's mm-hmm. not because I dislike Pedro Pascal. You guys yeah. know I freaking love Pedro Pascal. Yeah. He is just one of my favorite actors. I love him in everything he ever does. And that's, he's one of the reasons I started watching the show in the first place. It's not that. It's the fact that Katie Sackhoff has been playing Bo-Katan for like 20 years. She's yeah. been playing this character since the Clone Wars in the cartoons. You know what I mean? And so she has a very deep understanding of who this person is. And it's so cool that they let her reprise her role in this show 
when other actors did not get to, right? They replaced Ahsoka Tano's actor. They will, if, if you know, Rook Cask ends up being the, the armorer, that's a character, that's an, that's an actor replaced right there. You know, like, uh, is a lot of little actors that are getting replaced, but for some reason, Dave Filoni was insistent and John Favreau were insistent. On, this is the person that needs to be Bo-Katan. And it's so cool. It's so cool because yeah. she gives so much. She gives so hard to that performance. And mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that you appreciate it. It's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I want, yeah. I mean, this Kate, I mean, she, she has monumental sci-fi cred, you know, she's got huge roles. I mean, you know, oh, Starbuck sure. and other stuff. And then, I mean, I, I mean, I watch her in Longmire and like in other shows that she's done that she's not as well known. And I know she's a fantastic actress. Um, yeah, but I just want I want her Bogotan to be up there with Starbuck, I, you know, in, in the legacy. I I want. She's uh, definitely and, getting there. She's getting. She, there. Yeah, she's she's, there. she's getting there. Yeah. When Ricky says, "I think she's there," that's a person who hasn't watched Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, and I think a lot of people haven't. I. Yeah. F- a I lot of a lot people, of- a lot of sci-fi people have. I think a like, lot more people have watched The Mandalorian. Fans of Katie Sackoff have watched Battle Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, but I, I, I think to Clark's point, I, I think her Mando, her time on Mando is eclipsing her previous work for sure. 100%. I don't think Clark's saying that it has. Are, are you saying it uh, has that's not what saying I'm saying? Want it? Yeah, you're saying no. You I'm want saying it I want it to be equal because I again, your point is it's for the people that have seen. Battlestar Galactica, which is still a lot, but I totally get Ricky that yeah, that is my generation, you know, because it is. I can't believe how old the show is. Like I was yeah. shocked at how old that show. For the know, record, like, BSG really has won more ago. more Emmys than than the Mando has. Fair, that but, I'm pretty sure of. But it's something. I mean, it's a show that I would always recommend. I actually just rewatched it this last year. Uh, I would recommend it to anyone. It is one of really? the greatest sci-fi That's shows. That's so cool that you rewatched it. I told myself I'll never rewatch it, only because you can't. It can't be as good the second time. <laughs> I it can't be. I, I got I got caught into it, and I I rewatched the whole thing, and I I loved it. Because the whole Ricky, without spoiling it, like the whole point yeah. is like it's it, there's a giant mystery through the entire show, and like, but once you know the answers to the mystery. You know what I mean? Like you can't really. I know they can't... go to Atlantis at some point, <laughs> but uh, no. it, it, it was and your It was really interesting watching it, knowing what I knew and knowing who yeah. people. It, it was it was a different experience, and I yeah. I did enjoy doing that. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. cool. All right, Ricky's saying cool because he wants to wrap this up, mm-hmm. and I I I fully agree. I I yeah. get it. I have had a fun time. Uh, I hope you guys have too. But before we end this, I do want to give you guys a chance to rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, 1 being Katie Sackhoff in Battlestar Galactica and 10 being, I don't know, Ragnar getting eaten by a by a thing for two days. I don't know. How long was that? That's, that doesn't make Wait, any so sense. Wait, so 1 is Anyways. high? <laughs> what? Katie's so high. 1 is high? Sorry. Oh, sorry. You're right. I meant to go the other way around. Ragnar's the one. Katie's the yeah. 10. Yes. Sorry. You do it. Go for it, Clark. Uh, what are you, you going to give this? One? It's tough for me just because some of the nitpicks with the animals bugged me, but there's so many other great stuff. I'm going to give it a 7.5. Okay. All right. Is it the highest of the season? What's your favorite episode of the season so far? Gosh, I haven't even thought of it that way just because I'm like, they've been so, it's too, this season right? has been so waiting for, waiting for things to, to, to come. I'm like, for, oh, like, I can tell you right now, my favorite episodes of the season, if I've already seen it, I will be disappointed. Right. But I meant so I, far. I, I know. So that's, but I'm just, you know, that's why I'm saying that I, I expect things to, to come out more. Oh, stuff, so you're but, setting uh, yourself up for disappointment. I got you. I am. Okay. Uh, but you know, I so far you. this season, okay. this, this season hasn't jumped out at me as much as previous ones. 
uh, you know, have. So yeah, maybe probably two was my favorite so far. That's the right answer. Ricky, that you were literally saying episode two was worse than episode one last week. If you chop it up though, just cut out the the Kelly or the the Pelly bit. He doesn't like the part with Pelly Motto in the I same. I think the Pelly bit should have been the in, in the end stuff. of the first one. Um, but I would give this episode an eight point two. I don't 8. know what the point 2. two is, but I think the eight is all is all Jar Jar baby. Nice, nice. I'm gonna give this one. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's like a seven five. Uh, this one's really high up there on the list. Uh, I still think, I th- I still think it's not better than the second episode, but um, I for the same reasons Ricky liked it, I, I'll 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 agree. Um, and you know, at a minimum, because that episode was way more concise than we were, so <laughs> like <laughs> it gets it gets points for being concise, right? So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with it so far. I I still don't quite know where this is going, but I get I I hope that it stays continuing with the Bo-Katan story. I think that's the more interesting I mean, if thing. it's like Mando season two and I guess season one and season two, shit doesn't really get going in either episode or either season until Until Bill, Bill Burr shows up. Not even. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm waiting for Bill Burr. I just want Bill Burr, man. That's all I want. Every every season, just give me Bill Burr. You've I, trained me now. You've trained I am me. so with you on the more Bill Burr. Yeah. That character is too great. It's too great. It's it's too uh, great. They, he and has, he's so he's so he ignorant about it. Years. It's so wonderful. He has two Black Series figures now, just so you know. Oh. Two. That's how good he is. That's how good. All right, guys. Uh thank you so much to Clark and uh Ricky for hanging out with me to talk about uh, you know, Star Wars for well over an hour. Uh really appreciate it. Uh thanks to our audience for tuning in. If you had fun, please remember to like and subscribe. And uh, you know, Clark, I think I think you know how to te- how I tee this up, but I'm gonna say it right now. You have listened, and, and we have, have spoken. spoken.